0: This podcast may contain adult humor, foul language, and graphic nudity. Please be advised. In other words, you're probably going to have a good time. Welcome to the nest. I
1: look real good today. I look real good today. I look real good today. I look real good today. All right, welcome back. It's episode five of From the Nest. With me, as always, we got T.J. Wyke. T.J., how you doing today? Outstanding, Colin. How are you, sir? I cannot complain. A little Sunday fun day. We just got done releasing our last podcast, recording another one. we got a great guest today. Very excited for it. It's just going to be a really great episode. Another person from around town that we don't really know the backstory of, but we are sure going to find out.
0: Yep, another huge contributor to... Uh, everything Columbia, whether it's sporting events or donations and charities, just a, a big contributor to, to the town of Columbia.
1: Before we get started here, TJ, rumor is that we have another sponsor. Who is it this
0: week? Today, it is the Columbia Fuking Chinese Restaurant. They are sponsoring this week's episode. They asked me to send out a note to the customers. I'm just reading it off the, the email that they sent. It says, we know CEO cat." No more call and ask, please. That's just the note that they sent me. Uh, we had lunch there today, and the, uh, we got some uh, fortune cookies, and they had some Confucius sayings on them. I know yours had a good one. It said, man who fart in church sit in pew. I thought that was pretty, pretty good. And then mine said, man who run through airport turnstile backwards going to Bangkok. I thought that was pretty enlightening.
1: <laughs> I so, mean I if that's not the best fortune cookie I've ever heard in my life, I mean I feel really good about that. I feel like I'm gonna have a good week just because of that.
0: Yeah. That and along with our magic numbers,
1: our lucky numbers, we should have a good week. And T J can you what were our magic numbers? I don't remember.
0: Two. 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 Just that, got, was uh, yep. that was just it. That was it. I mean it was a very just short two. fortune cookie. It was uh just two. That was it. It's about about as short as you guys are. Yeah, Dude, just, just about. Just about. Just about. Great. Our guest is already starting on us.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of our guest here, our cocktail of the week is just a basic rum and coke. One of our guest's favorite, if not the only drink that he drinks. Big rum and coke fan. I mean, Captain Morgan. If you are listening, now's your time to sponsor. Um, I'm sure that we can get a lot, a lot of donations from you just off this guest alone. <laughs> TJ, who is our guest this
0: week? This week's guest is Alex Schlemmer. You know him from not only being the owner of Aces Wild on Main Street, but you also hear him every week during the high school football games, him along with uh, Jared Germain, uh, the broadcasters of the, uh, the high school football game. Alex does a great job of uh, supporting all sports, uh, charities, and uh, we're going to talk it over with him this week. Yep, absolutely. Alex, how are you doing?
2: I'm not doing too bad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, heard a lot about the broadcast. We've talked to you guys in the past about coming on and got a text today. It said, come on over. I said, okay, sounds good. I'll drop the truck and the, the fiancé and the dog off, and I'll be right on over. So here we are.
1: I mean, that's the more important thing right there. You know, drop the dog and the fiancé off and get right over to the important things. There's right. so
0: many jokes I could throw in there, but I'm just going to leave it alone.
1: Yeah, well, I
2: figured, you know, this would be a better thing to come over here because it was way too hot to be mowing the grass right now. So I thought I'll come over do the broadcast, but I think uh, all that Captain Morgan I drank this weekend out the system, I think, right now.
1: Yeah, it is a little hot. Thanks for bearing with us on a couple weeks past. We've had some sound issues between fans and just mechanical and technical issues, but this week I think we finally got it figured out, hopefully,
0: and we're we're getting better each and every week. So, Alex, uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, You grew up here in town, went to Columbia High School, uh, played sports uh tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yeah been uh, been in columbia forever grandma and grandpa i think probably my great grandma and grandpa have been here uh i don't have any intentions on leaving i've uh, been been through like you said all the sports and everything and that kind of gets me to where i am today as far as wanting to give back to everybody and give back to the schools give back to the community so started playing sports uh went away for college went to Mizzou. I stayed away a little bit doing an internship, thought I was going to follow my career path after college, Um, and then things kind of changed once I came back home and decided to start a business here in town, and I've just been busy ever since then, and try staying involved with as much as I can, and sometimes uh, I'm involved with a little bit too much, but it's still fun, and uh, glad I can be able to do it all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about your, your major in college.
2: So went to Mizzou, uh, did four years there as a sports management major, uh, always thought that I was going to be a, uh, start a, a baseball complex here in town, things didn't work out that way, um, so still stayed with sports management, worked for the baseball team out there, uh, and then ironically enough, my cousin worked in the PGA, so I decided I was going to change up, go to golf, did a stint with the Hurricane Junior Golf Tour traveled anywhere from Florida to Pennsylvania, um, up and down the coast. We traveled every week, show up on a golf course, set it up, run a tournament, leave, go to the next place. I didn't
0: didn't even know that. I'll be darned.
2: You did not know that? No. It was great. I loved it. Like I said, we'd show up, set the course up, had a great time, did what we had to do, and then we'd leave and go to the next course. So uh, every week I could be from Florida to South Carolina, back to Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. we just always moving. So. Did that while I was there, got a call from the Gateway Grizzlies, worked with them as the clubhouse manager, and uh, actually got to leave my internship a little bit early um, so that I could, thanks Goop, so that I could start with the Grizzlies, worked with them for three years, uh, absolutely loved what I did there, sometimes I still wish I could be doing that, Uh, had a chance at going to the next level in baseball, but I started up Aces Wild and uh, Ironically, the first year I had aces, the Miami Marlins called, and offered a spot, but started my own business. Uh, year three with Gateway, the Cardinals called, and I just excited, or, uh, decided to expand, so I had to turn that one down. So stayed in Columbia, stayed with aces, and uh, here we are today.
1: I mean, that's got to be a difficult decision, you know, having two major league teams say, hey, we want you, we want you a part of our franchise, a part of our team. I mean, how, what all went into that process of saying, hey, I'm going to stick with Aces Wild rather than go with these teams?
2: Uh, there's a lot of head scratching. I've uh, lost a little bit of hair. I've got a pretty good hairline now. Because that's what that. happened to it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it started with it. Um, yeah, I got a call from, it was actually another manager in the Frontier League and told me that I needed to call Miami because they were asking. So um, that was even made it harder is that they were calling and asking and saying, hey, we want you to come here. Uh, they said, that was the first year that Jeter had just bought the Marlins and they said whoever gets it through this year gets a full-time job so make it a little bit different more difficult there but would have had to move to Batavia New York for the mud dog season which um, I think our fields here in town and Monroe County are nicer than that one so um, there's a lot looking into that and with the business and everything else that made it tough and then when the Cardinals called um, again I called my manager at that time and I said hey what do you know about this guy and He goes, I can't hear you. My phone's breaking up. So that made it even harder because I knew they had called and asked and kind of same thing as far as um, it was my decision. And I talked to a bunch of different people. And like I said, with the way the business was going, I couldn't give that up for going down to short season baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, from what I remember, whenever you first started up, it was pretty much just going to be a gaming parlor where you're going to have a couple gambling machines and your bar it was just kind of a side part of it.
2: Yep. I told everybody all along, I said, I will not be a bar. I'm going to be gaming. Um, so we can go back and talk aces from where that started. Uh, Mickey Salvage, uh, she owned Hoodettes here in town at the time. And she knew that I enjoyed sitting over in the corner and playing their slot machines whenever we were sitting up there. So she goes, hey, you guys got an extra unit in your building. You need to open one. I said, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, so looked into the numbers. Me and Mom, she's... Also a friendly component of this situation. Uh, We went down to Waterloo with my grandpa, who also enjoys slot machines. He's the guy that uh, got me into it, I guess you'd say. So I went to Waterloo. Mom won. Grandpa won. I lost. And she goes, I think this is a sign. We need to do it. Went home, told Dad, and he goes, okay. And that was it. There was no excitement. It was just, okay. Um, So started it up in the back of the building. Actually, the first day that we talked about design... Uh, my father had some choice words for me because we didn't get along and didn't agree with what I was thinking, and I was finally going to agree with him, and he just lost it. So, had a huge hiccup right off the bat. And he said, "I'm done with you. You can figure it out on your own." And uh, so started with that, and then it went to, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be a bar. I'm going to be gaming, and then
0: quickly became a barler instead of a gaming parlor. So, your your bar top was literally. piece of plywood that anybody could sign and and draw pictures on for how long how long when you first opened was did until you actually built a a good bar so
2: that was on the expansion so the original one the original one i opened in september uh the bar was open in september i didn't get machines until december because we were waiting on the state of illinois so um that was a lot of go up at three o'clock sit around see if anybody wanted to have a beer after work and if they did great if they didn't i'd go home and uh, there was many times I could walk in, and for instance, would say Colin had two drinks, and he was falling over drunk. And TJ came in and had four, and he had to go home to the family. So I knew exactly who was in, who was out drinking, what, how many they were drinking, and then the next night to be busy. So that was on the initial, but then, like you said, on the uh, on the expansion is when I had that piece of plywood. And that was actually with uh, Matt Vigley's we talked to him last week or two weeks ago, I guess it
1: was a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, I talked to uh, he had a, uh, a mouse race and he goes, hey, we're going over to aces when we're done. I said, OK, no problem. Like I didn't have anything done on the other side. It was just it was getting there, but not quite there. And all of a sudden the lights were turned on on the other side and we're open for business. So tribe got me going on that side for, for good.
0: Tribe has uh, been known to keep quite a few bars in business, yeah. I believe.
2: They are very thirsty individuals.
0: <laughs> so you had mentioned that
1: your mom had played a, a part in it. Um, so what kind of role did your mom slash your dad play a role in this? Um, they always gave me their
2: insight, and even mom today will still joke, and I'll say, hey, your business is up front. She's owned a business since she was 23, I believe. Um, she bought Linda's Hair Fair before Linda Frederick got into real estate, so it used to be Linda's Hair Fair. Mom worked for her, turned it into Joy's Hair Fair. so she's always been a, a, a small-town business, owned her own business. And my dad, he's always worked small-town business. He worked for H.J. Frederick back in the day and still uh, Hinky Excavating. Those are both two Columbia towns, so, or businesses in town.
0: And on the fire department, for how many years was your dad?
2: I think he was 15. There's a funny story. He tried retiring, but... He wrote his retirement letter up. I saw what he was doing. I was a young kid, and I started crying, so he crumbled it up. And oh, he, really? Yeah, he lasted a couple more years after that. So, so yeah, they uh, they were huge on it. I mean, like I said, they were both small-town people. Dad knows the construction behind everything. Mom and Dad own the building. Um, so that definitely helped out. Like I said, Mom, knowing how to run a business. Sometimes, like I said, hey, your business is up front, or she'll, she'll recognize it sometimes, too, so... Um, having them to be able to go to kind of helps out. Still to this day, six years later,
0: and they're uh, quite uh, frequent patrons.
2: They are, yeah. Mom, uh, Mom loves the place. She's not a homebody. She's kind of like me. I don't. I can be home whenever I'm old and can't go out. Like right now, I, I don't want to be at home. I want to be out and on the move. And and Dad used to be that way back in the day when I was younger. I know there's many nights we weren't home, but um, we we definitely like having fun. So that makes it a little bit easier as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're thinking about six years ago, whenever you started, would you ever imagine to be where you are at now with Aces?
2: I don't think so,
1: no. I don't, you know, and
2: that's always a hard one. I guess I'm always the one asking people that kind of question when I'm doing broadcast, and I've never had somebody ask me, so I don't think so. I Like you said, I was going to be a small gaming parlor. People were going to come in and play and be done. I wouldn't have imagined to have the numbers that I have, the events that I have, um, I'm calling people from an hour and a half away now, trying to get them to come up and play live music because they're that good. So um, I would have never imagined that at all. So very good question there, Colin.
0: Yep. So That's you're talking Collins about Colin's first, by the way, his actual first. Yeah. Good
1: It'll question in five, five episodes. episodes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're talking about getting people from an hour and a half away to play music. I mean, you are that way because of all these different benefits that you do so let me let's dive a little bit into i mean the couple big ones that are on the top of my head are saint baldrick's um you've got the rib war um and you're just doing these little things it seems like every other weekend or every other week that you have some other kind of benefit going on up there
2: yeah so that um i guess the first big benefit i had was the rib war Um, And just kind of sitting in the bar, hey, we need to do this. This would be cool. Okay, yeah, sounds good. You know, no good stories ever started by I was eating a salad, right? Isn't that what the saying is? So sitting in the bar, we're talking, hey, we need to have a barbecue competition. Okay. Um, First year, we got 20 teams that come in and do it, and I had no idea. I had a really big helper in that and knew all the background and logistics of it, and all I had to do was run a bar, and now it's turned into – I can't go without doing that event. I got people that day saying, are we doing it again next year? Um, So that's always neat that you're able to do that. And every year we pick a different um, beneficiary, I guess you'd say, for a raffle, whether that's a 50-50 or whatnot. Um, So that's always neat. The rib war is going to be October 7th this year. Um, And it's just you come in, you cook. I give you two slabs of ribs, you cook them. We have some judges, they judge them, and it's it's a bragging rights thing. But we do have some guys that are professional with it as well. Um, Rusty Knuckle Barbecue actually just competed in Smoking on Main up in Collinsville and got first place. So really? they they, uh, they got second place two years in a row. And I think last year they were fourth or fifth. And then so this year, you know, they're, they're still going strong by being able to compete there. Uh, Rib War is always a fun day. It's a long day, but it's fun. And then, like you said, St. Baldrick's, again, sitting in a bar, two of my buddies, Mr. Kendall and... Mr. Stump were talking, they were getting ready to do it, and uh, they said, You need to shave your head for childhood cancer. I said, Okay. So we went over to Alan Fitzgerald's for two years, three years, whatever it was. And that uh, was cool. We raised some money. COVID came around, and Dan and Chris Wolffel, who actually started St. Baldrick's and this team Snow Angels that we have, they said, Alex, we need to do it here this year. We can do it in the parking lot. And I'm like, All right, yeah, whatever. It's midnight. That idea is going to be gone tomorrow. Two weeks later, and uh, I think it was Chris called me. She goes, "Hey, are we still doing it?" Yeah, sure. And now fifty-six thousand is our minimum. I think in the last three years, um, so or two years, whatever it's been now. I don't even remember.
0: Um, and it is a huge deal. I mean, your parking lot is full. Oh yeah, giveaways. Uh, there are so many people there, it's, it, it's ridiculous. How many people shaved their heads last year, do you remember? I think it was 46 last year. I think we've been in the 40s every year. And it's neat because,
2: you know, when you're over at Helen's Fitzgerald's, it's that's where it originated in St. Louis, and it's cool. Um, but Brett Seiberg actually came back uh, two years ago, I guess it was now. And he looked at Dan Wolfle and he said, you know, Dan and uh, Brett, they go back. Like, when you walk into Helen's, there's a shirt that says, Team Snow Angels, it's a picture of Marky e. T and Dan is the first signature on it. So, you know, those two guys go back many years now, 21 years now. And uh, Brett even asked, he goes, Dan, you're never coming back, are you? And he said, no, sorry, I'm not. But because Grandma and Grandpa come up. Rather than going over in the massive crowds, they come up and support um, people just driving by, all the kids that come by. Um, it's unreal. Like I said, 46 people cutting hair last year and $50,000 every year. It's uh, It's a pretty special day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You kind of mentioned there for a second that you have grandma and grandpa coming up there. You know, rather than drawing in that big bar, you know, crowds, and I think that's what's kind of makes Ace's special is you have this small town family like atmosphere when you go to Ace. It's not your typical bar. I mean, it's you walk in, it's clean. Everybody knows each other. I mean, it's almost like a Cheers. Almost. I mean. It, where everybody knows your name. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I every, was actually just every there yesterday. Bar, every
0: bar in Columbia knows your name when you walk in, Colin. I mean, yeah. it's not an Ace's Wild thing, but I know what you mean. But uh, you, you, we've discussed this on numerous episodes. You, you have a problem. All right. Well, I only go to
1: about one bar here in Columbia. That's Ace's. but um, Everyone still talks about you, though. It, it, they still you know, know that's you. That's true. That's well, true. Well,
0: names in the bathroom walls of many establishments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can find my name and number anywhere. Right. But you have those um, individuals where you know if you go on this certain day at their certain time, you're going to find these individuals. I mean, you go on Thursday nights, there is um, the Queen of Hearts, you know, sponsored by somebody different, you know, with each card. I mean, you just know exactly what you're getting when you get in there. I mean, there's no fights. There's – it's a friendly neighborhood bar.
2: Yeah, so one of my buddies actually bought me a sign that's in the font of Cheers the, like it is, looks like it. They just took Cheers off and put Aces Wild on it. So um, we often say that you know we have we have a norm, we have of this, we have a that. Like we go through everybody and you name everyone, give them a nickname to it. So uh, yeah, we are we are Cheers. Knock. I would love to knock on this wood table here, but I would blow out some eardrums on the uh, <laughs> microphone. But yeah, knock on wood. Haven't had any fights. Uh, I've had some couple interesting times when I've had to get some people out of there, and uh, those are always they. In my eyes, I don't want to deal with it just because we want to have fun. But, you know, sometimes I guess you do get those spots. So it's always fun. Um, Like I said, sometimes it gets a little rowdy. If I'm working, I'm a little bit more laid back, and we're going to sit and talk and hang out. On a Friday night, though, I can have two other bartenders in there cranking the music and music trivia and this and that. So uh, it's it's always what you expect it to be, but then there might be a wrinkle thrown in when you come. So it's a lot of fun when we're up there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like you keep getting bigger and bigger. You just added a outdoor patio area, which is super nice because I feel like last summer, whenever we used to go like, hey, it's a nice night out and you have to go move a chair or a table from inside, move it outside or move some patio furniture. And now you've got a pretty nice setup out there.
2: Yeah. So that actually started four years ago. We said we wanted to do it. And then the idea died three years ago. We wanted to do it. Idea was gone away two years ago. Same way this year. My dad called, and he goes, hey, we're going to do a beer garden outside. I said, okay, yeah, we've talked about this before. He goes, I've got the flower boxes ordered. I'll stop and get some chairs later. I said, okay, cool. Got the uh, flower boxes in. He comes up. He goes, you just want circle tables, right? I said, well, I don't know what I want. <laughs> this is something. You just threw it at me here. He goes, well, all you want is metal, metal circle tables. I said, well, I'd rather have squares. And just, you know, I thought squares, you could you could put them together a little bit better in circles. So, he come back. He's got three tables for me, a bunch of metal chairs. And my grandma actually came by. I called her. She's got the green thumb and called her and said, hey, I need some flowers planted up here. And, okay, she come on up. I think I was about $200 in on flowers before we got out of the first aisle at, uh, down in Milstott. But <laughs> it looks good now. Everyone gives me compliments on it. I haven't killed anything yet. Uh, I didn't go water them today, but hopefully enough rain this weekend. I don't need to water them. But, um, you know, It's a family place. Grandpa, my grandpa was there, uh, just passed away a year ago. But like I said, he's the one that got me into the slots and everything. And if we were out of town, I knew I had somebody watching over the place. And, uh, you know, Grandma, she doesn't gamble, but she still comes up and helps. Mom, Dad, everything.
0: So let's get back to the charity part of Aces and and yourself. Where did that come from? At first... I thought you sponsored sporting events because you played high school sports. But your name and Ace's name is involved in everything. A- anytime there's an opportunity, we have several other companies, and uh, such as uh, Paul Corey and, and guys like that that we want to get on eventually. That Same thing. He's involved in everything. You name it, he donates, he helps. You're in everything. Where, where did that come from? Did that just... You're kind of passing the, 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 your luck along, so to speak, or have you always been interested in charitable things?
2: Always been interested. I mean, it, it takes an army, it takes a tribe, it takes a village, however you want to get it across. Um, you know, you can't do it. I've been a part of the Columbia Quarterback Club since I was in high school, so we can't do anything without the help of others. And I understand that others can't do the help without, or can't do anything without us. So, um, started up there. I mean, I don't want to say everyone that comes up. You know, if you're a customer, I'm pretty much going to help you. You help me get my business going. So if you come up and you need some help, I'm going to help you. Um, we've done stuff with the Columbia quarterback club. Uh, I think whenever uh, trooper Hopkins was killed a couple of years ago, that was the first year we did the rib war. Obviously they need help. Let's help them out. We did raffles and everything went to, to their family. So uh, we do some sentimental ones, but we also do some ones. If you just need help making some money on a fundraiser, I'm going to help you do that as well. So uh, right now we have a queen of hearts going for the fire department. Um, goes to our general fund at this point but at some points you know we can give it to different funds within the fire department i guess you'd say it can go to equipment and different areas scholarships so um the fire department 100 calls a couple weeks ago when all the storms were going through like those guys are pretty important in town uh, might be biased in saying it you but, might be a little bit but you know, it, you know you need people to understand that and realize that and uh, so go with them um very gutsy show here, just passing over a water bottle over the top of all the computers, <laughs> man. So you know everyone needs a little bit of help. So um, that's why I enjoy doing charity so much.
0: Going to back to the Queen of Hearts, the Waterloo one last year reached what two, over two million. One point nine is when they shut yeah. it down. So. We need to get some people showing up to Aces on Thursday night and to get and get this one going. This one has the same possibilities. Yeah, it, it can get rocking and rolling. And I know once it got up to what a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, it's kind of when everybody started showing up. But right now, you can win fifty six hundred dollars, I believe, somewhere yeah. right around there. More people come up. They have fifty fifty every Thursday night. Uh, of course, there's always good drinks and good time and, and good gaming up there. But, um, yeah, we definitely need to get more people up there for the the Queen of Hearts. We're doing a barbecue this week, aren't we?
2: We are. We're going to do uh, – thanks for reminding me of that. I forgot about that. We're actually going to call Greg Holton, um, another person that you had up here on the, on the deal. So love a good Holton burger. So we're going to have Holton burgers and, I believe, hot dogs this week. So come on up. 730 is whenever the drawing is, but we'll probably have burgers and stuff ready right around 630 for people to eat. But, uh, yeah, you know – We can't get up to the two million mark. City of Columbia shuts us down at a million, but you know, uh, darn the luck, you know. Um, But yeah, that'd still be good to get up to a million dollars. I think the parking lot's set up perfect for it. We have plenty of room for uh, people to stand and plenty of places to park. And if I got to get music going up there on those nights, I'll gladly call whoever I can or wherever I can to get music up there. So that's my thing, you know. I try making it a good time. Sometimes I think I'm a little bit laid back and boring and people have told me that before. They've told me (laughs) to let loose a little bit up there, but, um, I'm trying to get better. My fiance, she loves live music and if there's live music anywhere, we're going. And then we go sit up at ACEs and I barely have a radio on. So, um, just try to make it a good time. And if you can come out and support the fire department, we'll make it a good time for you.
1: Yep, absolutely. I mean... You also, I mean, another reason to go to Aces is, is the drink prices because with everything going up, I mean, you can't go to a bar where you're not paying, you know, three, four dollars of drinking. I mean, you still got your beer at two fifty, you know, and your mixed drinks are as cheap as well. I mean, how how do you compete with that?
2: Um, a lot of head scratching again. I would love to raise the prices, but how can I justify raising prices a ton, whenever I only have one person working? I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I have one bartender. And everyone knows your name. It's a family. You can have a customer all of a sudden. I can look at TJ at one point and say, "Hey TJ, I need you to go give me a case of beer. Run it up to me." And everyone's going to do it. So um, I'm definitely spoiled in that aspect of. I don't need to raise the prices up that much. Um, So that's always a cool thing. Would I love to? Absolutely. But do I need to? No. Um, Now this year, some prices have gone up with within the city of Columbia and licensing and everything like that. Which you know, prices will go up eventually with that stuff. But um, those prices kind of got to me a little bit quicker than I expected them to. So, um, there's no reason to raise the prices. I can do fine with one person. Other places might need 10 people to work a normal shift.
1: Yeah. So what is your relationship like with the other bars in town?
2: We're all pretty good. Um, luckily as a, as a child, like I said, we didn't stay at home very much. So I got to know a bunch of the owners and, uh, whether it's a bar or a restaurant, I used to work at Joe Bacardi's. I'd like I said, we always went up to the I grew up at Tiny's with the Velker kids. I grew up at Gershala's just because that's where Grandpa was. I went up with hang out with Grandpa. So, um, and then that turned into MERS on Main, which I grew up with their kids at the bars. So, I mean, I'm pretty close with everyone. And at any time, if I need to send a text to somebody, hey, I need this or I need help with that or can you promote that, I mean, it gets done. So um, we all try working with each other. Um, Sunset Overlook, for instance. They're doing their Queen of Hearts, and Julie came up to me and said, hey, can you give me some advice on a Queen of Hearts? I said, I'll do whatever you need me to do, just promise me one thing. She goes, yeah, what's that? I said, you can't run it Monday, Tuesday, don't anything about it, Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday. She goes, how come? I said, well, Paradise has their Queen of Hearts on Monday, Wednesday's the Legion on Thursday. Their Queen of Hearts is now on Tuesday. So, you know, we don't want to take any money away from each other. We want to work with each other, so um, that helps out tremendously.
0: Uh, moving on from aces a little bit, let's go into your coaching and your uh, your sports career. Uh, you are an assistant coach with the JV baseball team, and correct? Yep. And as soon as the season's over there, you step up to, to varsity and do a lot of the scouting and, and things like that for the varsity baseball team. How did you get involved with that?
2: You know, I can't remember, really. Um, I think it was just talking with Matt Kendall who's the head coach on JV saying that he didn't have an assistant and at the time Andrew Thompson I grew up playing with him and coach O'Donnell were the two varsity coaches so um, I think it kind of started with us just talking hey we need a volunteer assistant what do you think okay I can handle that Um, so came up and just kind of started helping Matt Kendall a little bit here and there Um, and I've gotten a little bit better at showing up more consistently first couple years I was trying to manage you know work and up there so we're getting better at that so um, just, again, played baseball all the time and trying to give back to the community and give back to the program that helped me get to where I was. So um, enjoy the JV level. It's different. Um, you know, you've you're got a great day to play a home game, but varsity is supposed to play on the road, and that field's trash, so JV gets kicked off. I've, I'm getting used to that, you know. But you know, that's just what you, know, you have one field. That's all you can handle, and that's all you can do. So that's a little different. But uh, just try staying involved. I've helped out up there. We got a new locker room in finally for the boys. You'd go up there, and they'd be changing in the parking lot. And I said, that's enough of that. We're going to change it. So we uh, changed some things around in the structure that was there and put some lockers up, and at least they got a place to go now and and not be in the middle of the parking lot.
1: Yeah, you you say we got a new locker room, but I don't want to sell yourself short here. You played a pretty big role in getting that new expansion update to that locker, right?
2: Yeah, that, that helps whenever you can make a business, uh, donation on that aspect. Um, you know, your time's a big thing, put in a lot of hours, but you know, from guys like Stan Royer, Brendan Schumacher, my father, Drew Dorman, um, JDR construction, those companies all came in and helped one way or another. Matt Ribling came in one day. He just sent me a text. He owns Electrico and he said, Hey, what do you need help with? I said, well, I'm hanging drywall right now and it's a little tough. And all of a sudden, five minutes later, he's walking in too. So, um, again, it takes a tribe. It takes an army to To get it all done
0: your scouting was huge part of the run that the boys had this year getting second in state what did you see we just had them on this last episode it was fun to talk to them and kind of get their perspective on being a little nervous and and, uh, just the excitement of the whole state run but what did you see in the teams that they were going to face and what did you think the the columbia team's chances were in that run
2: so I didn't know too much about our regional run just because that was more localized teams um, that we played in the regular season. So I didn't watch too much of those. I let Coach O'Donnell and Rozicki, they knew what they were going to face there. Um, I did go watch the Altoff and Marquette game. I did go watch that one, and I watched Altoff earlier in the year, and I thought, well, we're not going to have too much issue there. looked like we should be okay. Um, If you would have told me that it would have been a walk-off win over Alton Marquette, I would have said no shot, but it ended up being, so that was okay. Um, That Breeze Central game, we kind of looked at stats here and there, and we talked a little bit. Um, The film aspect of the game nowadays blows my mind, even at the high school level, how quick they could find film on somebody and, okay, watch what he's doing, watch his tendencies. So you'd watch a little bit here and there. Fast forward to the sectional round. I drove out to Newton, Illinois, which do you know where that is?
0: I do now, thanks to this year. Yeah. You...
2: yeah, so Newton, drive to Effingham and keep going. So, like, that was a ride that I did not expect to be that long. I knew it was going to be long, but not that long. But they played two games at night, so I could watch all four teams at one time. I uh, had a pretty good feeling we would face Newton. It's ended up what we ended up doing. We did face him. And I told them right away, I said, guys, this, this should be an okay game. Like, I don't see any issues. They're good teams, but from what we play here in our schedule, we shouldn't have a problem. 10 nothing victory, we did good. Brings us to the sectional championship game, which, fast forward about six weeks earlier, we were supposed to play East Alton-Wood River, and I told Matt Kendall, I said, look, we're going to drive all the way up to East Alton, 45 minutes, play for an hour and a half maybe, it's going to be an absolute blowout, and then we're going to have to drive home. I said, I'm going to watch Father McGivney play. Um, so I went and watched them, and I thought, man, they're pretty good. i got to go watch them again, because I don't know if they're that good. watched them a second time, and I thought, Holy crap, they're pretty dang good. So um, that was my that was my one game that I kind of watched the most, and not saying that I knew we were going to play it, but I had a pretty good feeling that's where we were going to end up playing. And I worked my butt off on that game that Saturday morning. I actually woke up at 4:57, looked over and I thought, oh, I can't get up yet." So I laid back down until 5:57, and I thought, "Okay, now it's time to get up." And I'm printing stuff out, and my girlfriend at the time, she comes in now, fiance, but. She comes out. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I just can't sleep. I got to get going. So um, when that game, we finally made the last out. I looked at O'Donnell, and he went to shake my hand. I said, I can't give you a handshake right now. So him and I gave a hug. That was a pretty big game. Nashville game, we didn't seem too concerned. And then uh, go up to the state run. DePaul, it's a Chicago school. How many of them are good at baseball that are, like, really good? Had a couple guys that we weren't going to let us beat us, and uh, we did pretty well. I don't even know what the final was nine nothing, I think, yeah, I something think so. like that. Um, so that, and then that always brings the big talk of who thrills when. Um, so the four of us, uh, coaches, had a lot of conversations, and you know it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. We got second, so I'm sure we've had a little bit people doubting us. But when you go up there in that situation, you know that JCA Juliet Catholic is going to be the team that you're playing. Um, so how do you, how do you throw your horse on game one? Do you throw them on game two, whatever it is, but when it all boiled down to it, you can't win first if you don't play for first. So, um, we knew Juliet was going to be good. I sat in my hotel bed and just watched film and film and film. And I'm calling coaches that live four hours away that I can't even tell you what their names are anymore, trying to get inside on them. But, um, I think we had a good game plan. We just 300 runs in the first inning. Can't have that.
1: Yeah. So I'll ask you the same question that I asked the boys last week. So being in the final four and you are the last public school team, what is your opinion on public school teams still playing private?
2: Um, I don't know. You know, it's everyone's got, I guess you could say everyone can do it. But, uh, as far as playing private and seeing if anybody will come here to town or whatever it may be, um, I understand the IHSA says they're not going to do it because there is no true state champion if you have the public league and the private league. um, I think Coach O'Donnell said Tennessee does, though, do one private school champ and one public school. Um, So does it suck that they get to recruit and everything? Absolutely. Whenever we're looking down, um, when we had, I guess, runners on second and third, I believe it was, you look down in, in the bullpen, and they're warming up one guy, and then all of a sudden the next hitter, there's a second guy up there, and then all of a sudden here comes a fourth one running down after the third one's stretching, and they've got another guy putting his shoes on for the first time. Um, you know, they had guys coming out, and everyone's coming up to me, Shalem, what do you got on them? I don't know. I can't even figure out what number they are at right now. So um, when they get that advantage of you can recruit, that's nice, but when it all boils down to it, got to have the Jimmys and Joes to, to be able to do it, and they had more Jimmys that day
1: yeah absolutely so kind of moving away getting back into um our regular me and tj's back and forth here so i know you're a listener and usually we like to do a tinder story of the week so alex i'm gonna ask you this week do you have any wild tinder or dating stories i mean obviously you're engaged now so not now not lexi but do you have any wild stories from maybe college or before lexi
2: no i really don't um i never really enjoyed the apps that was my big thing like you talk to somebody on an app. I don't. I never enjoyed it, so uh, I never needed to, to do it as much as you do. But uh,
1: oh wow! <laughs> All right, that was an unnecessary shot. There it is. Got to get a couple jabs in there. Absolutely. I've been
0: telling him he needs to find a girl at church or a girl at aces here and there. I, the, the apps, I just, uh, I just can't imagine it ever really working.
2: But you know what? Something funny about me and Lexi. We actually did start talk, talking on Tinder. She came up to Ace's, and I was too nervous to go up and talk to her. And uh, that night, I guess it was after her first time there, I was on Tinder, swiped right, she swiped right, and that's what got us talking. So I guess, you know, that's it's not a funny or a bad story, but it's one that uh, ended up working in the end for me, I guess.
1: Yeah. You, you may not know us, Alex, but before you and Lexi started dating, there was an afternoon, evening, that me, Lexi, and my sister went out to another restaurant in Columbia and your name got brought up and Lexi was asking me about you and she goes yeah we used to talk in the past you know and you know I, I really think that I want to start dating him again like oh that looks good guy I mean I'm all for it absolutely and she goes you know what it's gonna happen we're gonna get together you know one day like I'll get him I'll, I'll wear him <laughs> and I'll, I'll get him and sure enough here we are yeah. about a year and a half two years later and now you're engaged to her
2: yeah no kidding it's, it's amazing how things go and uh and uh that first time that we talked to each other again after college and everything, I didn't even remember who she was. Oh, we, wow. We uh, we were on the bus cut to... That, cut <laughs> that, yep, cut, cut that. Cut Oh, cut. no, she knows it. She knows it. We uh, we were on the bus to Freeburg, and I talked to this girl that was sitting next to me and knew exactly who I was. I thought she was cute. I had no idea who she was, though. And uh, got in the dugout with Kendall, and I said, Hey, who's the assistant JV coach? He goes, I don't know her. Her name's Alexis. And I thought, Hmm, I don't know any Alexis's. He goes, Yeah, she played here in the past, went to Parkland and played. I go, you talking to Lexi Royer? He goes, yeah, that's it. I, said, well, I haven't seen her in a while. And uh, look at where we are now. So, oh, she yeah. doesn't appreciate that I didn't remember
1: her, but now I'll never forget her. Well, you gave her a ring now, so she can't be too mad. No, she, she's not it she, she can get over it no. now. Yeah, you actually, you're recently engaged off of your, your last trip.
2: I am, yeah. That uh, Everyone tells me we did a cruise to Alaska. Everyone says, you know, that wasn't the most expensive thing you did on that trip. And As we were two weeks into planning, they were not lying. (laughs) Weddings are expensive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just, from your pictures that you were posting, I mean, it just looked like an absolutely incredible trip. I mean, what better place to ask someone to marry you than a scenic place like that?
2: Yep. If you ever get the chance, go up there. It's worth it. You don't have to propose, but, you know, you can still go. You might find someone up there. Yeah, you never know. There's a nice Eskimo It's a cruise ship of 5,000 people. How can you not find one I mean, there's got to be,
1: there's got to be at least one person there dumb enough to want to date me.
2: Dumb, blind, deaf, I don't know. It could be anything. (laughs) Really, really drunk? Somebody, You have a shot with somebody. I mean, it happened on the hangover. They got really drunk and they ended up getting married. It could happen to you, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a doctor, though. I mean, I'm not like Stu, but, you know, we'll figure it out one day, hopefully. All right, Alex. Well, (laughs) yeah, exactly. He's a dentist. Alex, we appreciate you coming on, you talking to us, giving us a little bit of insight about not only yourself, but Aces Wild and your coaching career. I mean, just it's really something special to get to know these people around Columbia.
0: Yes, you are one of the major contributions, uh, contributors to uh, the town, Uh, just like with Greg Holt. The names out there. But it's nice to put a name or a voice with the the, the name. And uh, thank you so much for everything you do for the city of Columbia and all of the the charities and organizations. We really, everybody really appreciates it.
2: Hey, I'll come back on and do it again with you. We'll talk. I'll talk a little football with you.
0: And I know fantasy's coming up here soon. You guys might be doing a broadcast on that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe partway through uh, the season, we'll have you and Jared come out and talk and see how the season's going. We
1: can do that. Yep, absolutely. So if you have not been to Aces Wild yet, go ahead and check them out. If you've been there, continue to go there, show me your support. This Thursday night, we have Queen of Hearts. Like you said, drawings at 730. Come out and come see us. Get some barbecue and some of the cheapest drinks in town.
0: All right, Alex, thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll see you later. All right, have a good one, gents.
1: bro. I look real good today. I look real good today, I look real good today, I look real good today. Choppin' at the mother f***ing Bentley, Rolling in that castle New
2: Balenci's.